You're listening to Your Highest Self Podcast, episode 60. Today, we're talking about coming home to yourself through shadow work with Michelle. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest in your mind and doing it with me today. If you're a returning listener, hello, I love you. And if you are welcome, hi, it's nice to meet you. My name is Shanae. I'm a former WBFF bikini pro and fitness and nutrition coach turned master life coach. I am obsessed with helping you on your journey to your highest self and integrating that with a holistic lifestyle with your mind, your body, and your heart. Because I know that when we do that, we can take you from a self-conscious nobody to the self-confident leader in your life and business that you know you are. This week on the podcast, we have a special guest and a really good friend of mine. Her name is Michelle. She is a writer, educator, and nurse mentor who helps nurses cultivate inner resiliency and well-being so they can live a life they truly love beyond the bedside. Yes. Are we not obsessed with her mission? We are. Um, I invited Michelle onto the show because I love her mission. I love who she is and what she stands for, her values, and the way that she explains shadow work. So shadow work is a really key component to our self-growth and healing, learning how to love our shadow and also just having the courage to explore those pieces of ourselves that we've repressed. So my conversation with Michelle today takes shadow work a layer deeper than we've been talking about previously. And I know this episode is going to help you so much. So make sure you grab a cup of coffee and your journal, (laughs) get ready to take some notes. And um, today we're going to talk about Michelle's journey and her breaking point that brought her to who she is today, how the psyche of our shadow self was created, the dark shadow in the golden shadow, and then three ways to integrate shadow work into your life. I love today's conversation with Michelle. She brought so much value, so much actionable tips that we can take away. And also just like Really, the education and the, and the knowledge that she brought was amazing. So I know you guys are going to love it. And if you are a nurse or in the healthcare space, Michelle has a really special program and one-on-one um, coaching mentorship that she's enrolling for right now. So make sure you tune in to the very end of the episode where she gives us all the deal to, details for that. And everything is also linked down in the show notes. Um, And even if you're not a nurse, the content today 100% applies to all of us. I had the most amazing time talking to her. We we flowed for like an hour. (laughs) So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And if you are looking for support in your healing journey, I just want to remind you to come take a look at Mindset Makeover, which is my monthly membership program. Um, This month's theme is passions and purpose. And we're doing tons of shadow work and unlearning this month to create space for our passions and purpose to shine through. So if today's episode resonates with you, send me a DM or just go down to the show notes and you'll find the link to sign up. Um, Other than that, I got nothing else. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And as always, I so appreciate it when you share with me what you took away, what you learned, and just if this helped you in any way to share it with a friend, a sister, a cousin, post it up on your story and tag me. Um, It just helps me to know what episodes you like, what episodes are landing, and what to bring more of. So without further ado, let's get into it. 
Hey, Michelle, welcome to the Highest Self Podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be talking with you. It's been a long time coming. (laughs) Go way back, like a year. (laughs) But there's been a lot that's happened in the last year, so it honestly feels like it's forever. (laughs) Two completely different people now. Um, Yeah. As you guys heard in the intro, Michelle is my very good friend, nurse, mentor, writer, educator. And I, we actually were just like, let's just do the podcast. Like we got to talk about this. So I'm obsessed with her Instagram content, um, mainly because she speaks and explains shadow work. So good. Like, so good. So that's what we're going to dive into today. I'm really excited. Um, Before we do that, Michelle, could you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and um, bonus question, what got you here? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we all kind of have that journey that brings us into, like, bigger things, right? Um, So, yeah, how did I become this uh, person, this human right here? Um, Honestly, I have always felt really called to helping people. Um, It's been like from a young age, you know, I developed that persona around um, medicine and being like in the medical field. Um, It was a really big theme in my life growing up. I had a sister who was um, chronically ill. It, you know, was a big theme in our family. Um, And so as a child, you sort of like become the helper in that, right? Um, It's a very natural thing of like, we kind of assimilate into our environment and try to like help the cause per se. Um, And so that really manifested into me getting into the medical field and wanting to help people. Um, So I became a nurse. I honestly loved it. I got into nursing just as like a side thing because I was like on my way going into medicine. I didn't even know what nurses did, honestly. Like I was like, cool. Like maybe I just need to like check this out before I spend like a bunch of money going into medicine and a bunch of time and like really decide that I want to work in a hospital. So I ended up doing my nursing degree. um, And when I finished, I just fell in love with it. I realized that nurses are actually like the direct link to patient care. They're like, you know, so much more involved in the whole process. And they actually have a way larger scope of practice, meaning they actually do so much more than like what the mainstream narrative actually like depicts to general public. Um, Like, for instance, it's kind of like a Fun. this is a nursing shadow we all sit back and we like laugh at like all these medical shows because it's really funny like probably 75 percent of what they do on these medical shows would all be a nurse doing it um there wouldn't be really a medical drama based on doctors because there honestly is like yeah nurses nurses do quite a bit so um seeing that Grey's anatomy lied to me for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. They still kind of are. So, um, yeah, that's a side note. We'll talk about that one later, but, um, yeah. So honestly, uh, it, it totally opened my mind up realizing like, Whoa, okay. First of all, nurses are super kick-ass. Like second of all, like this is what I want to do. Like I really enjoy the hands-on interaction that I get to have with the actual person. Um, and so my career started from there. I worked in adults for a while, then I went into pediatrics, so I worked with children. Um, I ended up in the ICU. I worked um, pediatric ICU. I still currently do. Um, but how my sort of like life has transitioned over time is um, that I became a travel nurse. So I actually uh, work all throughout the United States, and I ended up somehow um, in the COVID ICU <laughs> in New York <laughs> back in uh, March. <laughs> 
that was an interesting thing. Um, and at the same time, I've been sort of just like woke up to my own purpose and passion through nursing. Um, honestly, working in the ICU and working so close with people when they're in their most vulnerable really called me to integrate like a massive amount of like grief and things in my life that I wasn't even aware of. Um, you know, I'm a very positive person. And like, Shanae, you know, this is like, I'm constantly smiling. I'm always like just chipper, but I used that as a mask and as a way to blanket so much of like what was going on internally for me, because, you know, it's always been my story as a child, as well as um, like, you know, going into nursing is that you have to be strong. You have to be okay. Um, like this is about the patient, not you. Um, and so there's no space ever left, like left for you. But then the other thing is that they don't teach us how to then go home and process this. Um, and to actually get sort of health services, it's a, it's a very big jump. Like it's a, there's a very big disconnect there. Um, you know, I'm from Canada as well. So our services are a little bit more disconnected, especially. Um, and so I just like, at one point in my life, and this is before I started travel nursing and, you know, doing all these like wild things. Um, I just had this moment where I broke down. I was just becoming burnt out after burnt out. I was feeling disconnected from my job. I like my relationship was crumbling, like everything was coming down. It was like basically all those systems of certainty, like, you know, you get the career, you scale up in that. Like I'm basically one of the most specialized trained nurses at this point at the bedside. Um, you know, I, you know, got, had the job, the career, you know, the house, the relationship, like I was just checking off the to-do list, which is very typical. And then I just wasn't happy though. It just wasn't a good fit. Like I felt like I was just trying to be a good nurse, trying to be a good partner, trying to be a good daughter, trying to be a good sister, trying to be a good everything, but I wasn't being good to myself. Um, yeah. And so I woke up one day with just, I completely imploded my life, like just couldn't do anything um, anymore. It started from uh, my grandma becoming really ill and, um, long story short, that was like a big major, um, stress source on my family. Um, I mean, as well as I'm going to a job being a nurse and then I became the nurse for my family. Um, and I ended up having to palliate my own grandmother in the home. So, um, yeah, so it was, uh, and I had to support my entire family while doing that as well. And that was a huge moment of realizing like, whoa, I, I, first of all, I allow that. Second of all, I don't hold any space for myself and I don't have any boundaries um, because it was in that moment of like really taking a step back and looking at everything and looking at my relationship that just ended, what just happened with my family, what's happening even nursing because I at that point almost wanted to quit the profession. There was a storyline that literally like was all over everything and it was why is it that something I love so much hurts me? And that woke me up to a massive amount of truth that I needed to integrate. <laughs> mm -hmm. And from there, it just became a journey itself. Like something, just this small whisper just kept telling me, like, focus on yourself, focus on yourself. Don't look to yourself. And I've never been that. Like, I've been always so afraid of being selfish. And it's like, you know, as women, especially like, it's, a, it's like a badge of honor to be selfless. And 
you know, when we're still living in that very like polar reality of you're either self-centered or selfless and you don't understand the concept of duality and like finding that middle ground, it's like, well, I'd rather be selfless and self like selfish. Right. (laughs) Um, And so we give and give and it just all came down crashing and yeah, just the entire journey for me started there. And when I started really building myself up again from the inside out, um, you know, not like using my external reality to validate what I have and just being safe within myself and loving myself. Like I, I wouldn't be able to even say out loud that I love myself. Like the fact I can sit here and just be like, I love myself and I am freaking great. And I can say that with complete conviction is like major growth. And I had to do the work. Like that's the hard work that so many of us avoid in our life. And doing that work just changed me. Like I was showing up at work better. I had way more energy. I had boundaries, which that was a beautiful new discovery. (laughs) Um, My relationships started getting deeper and more connecting. Like they were able to actually like meet me and serve me. And like, you know, then we had deeper connections because I actually was able to ask for help or say, no, that doesn't work for me. Um, my life just started elevating and the people around me started elevating. And then it was like, I was working and we were going through a really hard time in our ICU. Like we just had a lot of really tough losses that were happening. And I remember just watching everything. And it was like this moment of like, first of all, why am I not getting burnt out? <laughs> and then like, cause I felt okay. And then second of all, I was noticing like how certain nurses, like why would they get burnt out with one, one patient scenario, but not another. And I started realizing the more that I got to know them, their internal stories and dialogue played in typically the patients that they were caring for that actually affected them deeper. Um, so it was a big awareness. Um, and so it all just started with like this whole thing of, okay, like, here I am, someone who would have never been able to know how to even process shifts and stress and everything of that sort. And I'm actually at a point now where I can, like, I go home and I process all this stuff and I come back to work feeling full and ready to serve. I'm working with, like, some of the most difficult patients that even all the nurses were like, I can't deal with those, that human. And I'm like, sign me up. Like, you know, because it's like you can just find that commonality in there when you understand where you start and they begin. Um, and so it started with, like, okay, like, I'm seeing all my colleagues who love this profession and exactly have the same story as me. Why is it that I love something so much that's hurting me? You know, you see them dragging their feet to work and like, you know, yo-yoing their diets and always being like, you know, oh, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. And you have these beautiful people who are taking care of like sick people who can't put a, like a little bit of time back towards themselves. And I can see it because it was the evolution of the old me to the new me. So it was this moment of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to put these tools into a course and give this to you because like, I want you to have your life back because I feel like I got mine back. <laughs> and so it started as a course and then it became a program and now it's become a whole like mission and <laughs> everything in itself. And it's just sort of grown from there. And now, yeah, I work with nurses um, and I do this, uh, well, I also like travel nurse sometimes. So I travel nurse like on the side, like every couple of months, I'll pick up a, a, a contract. And otherwise, like this is now what I do is really getting nurses to like work with that part of their psyche and that part of um, themselves that so many of us don't even realize is like untapped potential within us. That's the biggest thing. 
Um, you know, we view like our mental health care and our emotional health care as something's wrong with us. Um, because society is really conditioned to believe that, you know, if we don't meet that marker of happiness, we're broken mm-hmm. or do everything we can to undo it. And we see this even with people who like are having anxiety and they're just like, I meditated and I went through the gym and I did all these things. Why is it not going away? And it's like, well, you haven't really removed the stimulus. Like there's something else that's triggering it, right? Your self-care is only really supposed to like help you de-escalate a little bit so that you can actually fix the internal cause. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like really become this beautiful practice of um, offering a different type of self-care to nurses and the self-care that they really need being in such an emotionally um, vulnerable and challenging environment that, you know, unconsciously we're pick up, picking up on, you know, we become products of our environment and uh, the hospital is interesting. It's definitely like really high stress and um, there's a lot of chaos and turmoil that happens there. So it's, uh, yeah. I love that. I want to acknowledge you for a couple of things before I ask you a question. Yeah. One, I just want to acknowledge like your own inner work. It's something we talk about on the podcast all the time and we call it hashtag putting in the reps and mm-hmm. the integrity of where you are because you put in the reps and like you coaching and creating this course and mentoring nurses and like being able to see in them, like what you went through is amazing. So thank you for putting in the reps. Thank you for doing the work. Cause this work is hard <laughs> as we're going to talk yeah. about. It's not fun. <laughs> we talk like, it's just like, you just feel like you're drowning a lot of times when you work with your shadow and when you go deep and with the intention to heal um, versus like being in a victim mentality and like complaining about all of the things. Right. Um, so I just want to really acknowledge you for that. Thank you. And then I also want to acknowledge how you're living in your purpose and your passion. And, um, another thing we talk about here all the time is, is really you, you, you gave yourself permission and no, no one needs to give it to you, but you, and like seeing you go from this journey of being like the helper and I'm the helper and I do these things and I do these things for other people. And then like turning around and like doing it for yourself. And because of that, you're able to do it for other people now. And like, that is just such a beautiful, like visual representation of like what happens when we pour into ourselves. Um, You know, so many women are like, what's my purpose? Like, I don't know what I want to do. And it's like, well, like do the work, focus on yourself. Let's do, let's do shadow work. Let's do your self care. Like really focus on yourself and all of that will come into place. And like, when you were explaining your story, I just like, I saw it. Yeah. Thank you. And that's truly it. It's like the inner work is the outer work. And Mm -hmm. that's the really beautiful thing in itself, because exactly when you hold that wounding of being afraid to be selfish, Mm -hmm. you start to realize like the more you go within and as long as like you are doing the work, so you're integrating your ego and not creating protection mechanisms around like holding yourself back from people mm-hmm. if you're actually doing it in a really integrated way where you're being mindful about how you're doing this work like it becomes so expansive mm. like I'm able to show up as a better human in every conversation because I'm like emotionally and psychologically aware of myself and how my body works and how my stories show up how I would project something mm-hmm. um it just it makes you so much more whole to go into the world and do bigger things because you don't have these within you that you're looking to fill with other people and other things anymore um you are your whole person and therefore you also know how much you can give mm-hmm. um and it ends up being way more <laughs> like i'm like i finally get the coat 
quotes of like, fill yourself up first. (laughs) Give with your overflow. Um, Mm -hmm. I also feel like what happens is that our container to serve grows. Like we have that expansion in our container. Um, And I love being of service. Like that's my calling. Like I am here to be of service to people and um, for women. So I vibe with you on that. Well, and I think I can can hear you a little kitty cat. It's like, yeah, (laughs) Um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, just humans in general, we are supposed to make some sort of community service. Um, It's a big part of humanity and it's hard when we don't have a purpose. We know that then we get into these very like autopilot states where, you know, we just show up for a paycheck um, and it doesn't really bring real fulfillment. Um, We have to find out what our purpose is and, Sometimes, yeah, like, which we will get into about, like, later about, you know, the whole, like, checking the to-do list. The thing is, sometimes your purpose is being a really great mom and wife, because guess what? Your lineage doesn't hold that, and you're going to be the one that's going to break that cycle for future generations. Sometimes your purpose is actually being the first child in your family to get a career and go to post-secondary and breaking that, like, lineage and, like, pattern. So it's never to like dismiss what those things do for us, but it's understanding like, how do you relate to those things? And that's where I feel like shadow work really allows us to free our power within us and get rid of the things that are in our way that we're just like, you know, putting in front of us and keeping and holding us back from like really, truly what we want to do in life. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. Um, Let's get into that. And one thing I want to like address is for anyone who maybe feels as if like, oh, I don't have any shadow work. I'm good. I'm really good. I want you to take a moment to like check in with yourself. Are you go, 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 go? <laughs> Do you have a million things on your to-do list because that's <laughs> keeping you busy and distracted from your healing? And if that hits a point with you, then you, you got shadow work to, to work on. Um, so let's get into that. I, um, what is shadow work? Yeah. So, um, I love that you just said, because that's the biggest thing too, is like, I was that person who it was like, yeah, I was a high performing like nurse in the sense that like, you know, I'm like eating healthy and, you know, working out like seven days a week, like doing all the things, like keeping myself busy, but I'm still burning out. So it was like that huge moment of reality of like, whoa, like superficial, like I'm doing fine. Like that was a huge thing I needed to integrate to understand like the I'm fine is like, so like I'm dissociating like you're denying and I feel that also as a nurse our lenses is that we see people who are really not doing fine so when we jump into that state of comparison which we do as humans you're like you're not good I'm good comparatively but (laughs) that doesn't mean that I don't have my own work to do and I can't hold compassion for myself and still make my life better right you know there's like that sense of guilt that happens in comparison as well too on the opposite end versus like when we look at people and say, why am I not like you? Um, Yeah. And so that's also a way that we cover up our shadow is, you know, we use other people. Like we watch these reality TV shows where people are having all this drama and this crazy and our, our shadow loves that. Right. Because it's looking at this stuff and going, well, I'm not as bad as them. So I can sit here and be, feel better about myself because my life isn't as bad as theirs or it works oppositely where then it, which we we're going to talk about is the golden shadow where you then compare like exactly like you might not have all the drama and the craziness, but what your shadow is also looking at is, well, why do they have the lifestyle that I want? 
Mm-hmm. Right. And then we compare ourselves. Why don't I have that if I'm a better human than that? And so that's when your dark and your golden shadow can actually play at the same time while you're watching something like the Kardashians. Right. You're like, mm, don't need their drama, but w- want that lifestyle. Right. <laughs> I love that you're saying that. And just a note to our listeners, if you have no idea what we're talking about with shadow work is go and listen to the inner child healing episode. I forget which one it is, but I give you like a baseline. What is shadow work? Because we're going to go like deep. So this yeah. is like the next, if you've been doing shadow work, this is like the next layer of that. Um, so can you explain to us the difference between the dark shadow and the golden shadow? Yeah. So what I'll do first too, is I'll just kind of talk about the psyche and like how this work kind of manifests in itself. Um, because it's really important, especially if you've like been talking about the inner child and that sort of thing. It's like, how did that inner child come to be, Right. And so the thing that we don't realize is that from basically the time we're born up until we're about eight to 10 years old, depending on the environment that you've grown up in and the interactions and how much independence you have and how quickly you're made to like develop your brain, um, we actually don't have a fully functioning like conscious cognitive brain. So we're basically subconscious is just creating association patterns. Now, this part of our subconscious is the ego. Um, so the ego basically just takes things very matter-of-factly. Um, and so the problem is, is that back in the day when we were just like living in very simple environments, it was like tiger, eat a person, be scared of them, cool. Now there's so many gray areas and nuances in life that like our brain can't process that. So if you're basically a child and you see your dad come home and he's complaining about work and money and money is hard to come by and then you see your parents fight over it and then that means that you don't get the love and attention that you want because you're like hey dad and he's just like "Er," stumbles off and then you know like doesn't really like do much for you you start to realize like oh money's bad money causes problems so what we then do is we create that association pattern and then what happens is then whatever that's going to be, is going to put into our subconscious and then it's going to play out later in life. And what happens is we then usually adopt another program on top of that where it's become culturally acceptable and that your worth is tied to how much money you can have. So you can try to chase money all you want, but guess what? You're going to always find a way to get rid of it because deep down it's bad. It's not comfortable to hang on to it and hold on to it. Um, so that's like some ways how stories can manifest and depending on relationships and stuff too we can see that like go in different ways so the ego is essentially like a sorter like it's like a little sorter it just yes no and basically how it operates is good bad right wrong and i say this because we're always trying to be a good fill in the blank nurse human sister wife partner like fill it in right and so what happens is is that when we're doing these things right or wrong good or bad Everything that our ego puts into the column that we want to put into our persona, which is the mask of the person that like we show out to the world, what we don't want gets tucked away into our shadow self. Mm -hmm. And so the shadow becomes like this bag that we carry through like all through our like life where it's all the programming that we don't want that essentially reflects back like what we do want. And what we do want, though, came from a time in our life when we were very young and didn't actually, weren't actually able to formulate any sort of opinion for ourselves. So we pick up everything based on like our family, um, our coaches, our teachers, our mentors, our friends, parents, our 
experiences, like being bullied on the playground, like all these things formulate into a very like baseline development. And then what happens is we take all these patterns and we go out into the world with them and then we try to recreate them. And so your shadow just basically, and it's interesting because everyone always is like, oh, shadow, dark, like that that doesn't sound good. I don't want to go there. But really like your ego is the bad one. He's the one that like actually causes all the like, you know, self-protection and like the different things of that sort. And it's the one that's creating this very polar experience when we live in like a world of duality. Mm -hmm. Shadow's just holding all these things, just like running around behind you. Like, hey, like, you know, and then the moment that your ego kind of comes offline, it will kind of be like, hey, do you want these? Like, (laughs) that's kind of how I explain it, right? And so the thing with your shadow is that just like how I said, you can put the whole like money is like bad into the like the category that you're going to play out. You're going to also put good things into your shadow as well, too. So how this can play out is like from a young child's perspective, we need like basic core things to grow from zero to eight is that we need love, attention and connection. And within that's like our safety and our belonging. Um, so we are like master manipulators. We figure out ways in life, how to contort ourselves in order to get these things, but they're not self-serving. They're self-abandoning. Um, and so what can even happen is say your parents stress. And like, I mean, most parents are nowadays because again, look at the world we live in with so much stimulus. So your parents is stressed. They're like, you know, have all the bills, have all the things. And then you're just this joyful child running around laughing and like getting all happy and maybe screaming at the top of your lungs because you're in the moment and your parents trying to make a phone call and they turn around and they go, don't, don't do that. You're like, oh shit. And then that goes into your shadow. So there goes your happiness and joy as well as like your fullest self-expression, which later in life could have actually be why you're a top speaker or host a podcast or because you're not afraid of that voice and that elevation, Mm -hmm. right? So this is kind of the really interesting part of the shadow is like what parts have you been conditioned to be repressed? Mm -hmm. And so the thing about the repression side of it is that it doesn't truly go away. Mm -hmm. The longer that we continue to like live in our conditioning patterns, it just stays repressed in us. And when we repress it, it just, we become dissociated from it. But what happens is other people will see it. So that works in both ways. People can see our potential as well as people can see our like crappy, shitty behavior that we don't want to own. <laughs> so, the process of shadow work is owning everything within you that you've denied and dismissed or put like tucked away for some sort of reason from some sort of conditioning um, paradigm that happened in your life, whether it was in childhood, in a very vulnerable, intimate relationship, um, or anything of that sort that taught you basically don't do that out of a protection mechanism. But then why we do shadow work is because we realize those protection mechanisms aren't serving us. Like I said, you can't show up and be a speaker on stages if you're afraid of your own voice. Exactly. Um, yeah. And same thing. You can't be a good conscious partner if you have something in your shadow that's going to always make them the enemy because you have wounding when it comes to you and your father. Um, those are also other realities that live in our shadow. Uh, so yeah, that's really it. And so the biggest kind of crossing of the two, which I feel is a big thing that why people don't know about shadow work or don't do their shadow work is because how we repress those things is 
just exactly like how I said with the parent that yells at you and says, don't do that. It's shame. We get taught to shame ourselves. That inner critic is essentially the voice of, like we create our own inner critic from a young age when we teach ourselves how to actually shame ourselves into these repressed states. Yeah. So that's why the work can feel so icky and heavy. And like you said, sometimes you can feel like you're drowning in it because you get into that state of like, I'm holding so much shame and guilt for this. Like, what do I, what do I own? What am I responsible for? How do I let this go? Like, it can be a really like weird place to navigate. Um, yeah. And so one of the things I always bring up about shadow work is that, and with journaling, you know, why do some people have a very hard time committing to journaling? Because journaling is essentially looking at your shadows. If you do my journal prompts, (laughs) yeah, is writing down what happened in your day. No, but if you are responding to prompts that are meant to explore your shadow, then what I often find is that people have a very hard time being vulnerable but mm-hmm. shame can't exist in vulnerability. So when you find yeah. that courage and that bravery and the self-love, I always talk about how like doing shadow work is, is an act of self-love. Like you can't yeah. fully love yourself if you don't love all the experiences that have shaped you and to love your shadow and not want to cut that part of you off, but learning to explore and love and understand and have compassion for and like just give a very big hug to. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, I was gonna say, like, exactly, you're so on it. It's loving those pieces of yourself forward because the reason that they were put there is because they weren't loved. Exactly. We you know, the parent says, stop it, don't do that. And you, as a child, go, uh oh, if I don't change my behavior, because, like I said, we're manipulators, mm-hmm. we do that as a living, like, literally. And it's even something that if I had to sat back, like, sit back as a woman and sit there and be like, where am I trying to create stories to earn love? Like I've even sat with that and integrated that. That was icky, but we're manipulators. Like whether we're manipulating ourselves to fit in so that we're choosable and lovable, mm-hmm. we do it as children because we, we are basically, we solely rely on the parents and the people that provide us safety. So right away, the moment they tell us the behavior is bad, we shame ourselves and make sure that it doesn't go in there. So if you're going to continue to shame yourself and have like negative talk around what you're bringing forward, it's going to just keep going into your shadow. You're just going to now upgrade it to a different version. That's probably going to be smarter and more covert um, because you're now in this cognitive space of being a more adult human who does understand nuances. Right. Right. So we have filters now. Yes. Yes. So it's better to just sit with it and love it forward. And um, that in itself, yeah, it takes, doing a lot of work around your self-love and your worthiness and more of like developing that positive sense of self. Um, because if you don't know how to speak to yourself in a loving way and you don't know the actions around self-love, like how do you feel love? What are your needs? Like if you don't know these things as a baseline, it's going to be really hard for you to go into shadow work because then you're not going to know what to do with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I love that. One of the other things that like came up for me when you were saying that was we amplify the pieces of ourselves that got love and then we turn off the pieces of ourselves that didn't. And so I work with so many brilliant, amazing women who want to be speakers, want to be coaches, want to really step into their purpose and live their purpose and passion. But those limiting beliefs hold them back, shadow, like the, the stories in their head, that false story. And so, um, Mm -hmm. I just, if you're listening and that's you, I just want you to know that 
We love you. <laughs> and this is yeah. for you. So um, thank you for explaining all of that so beautifully. Um, I learned. <laughs> uh, can we go into the golden shadow and then the dark shadow? Because I, I really want to hear about that. Yeah. So um, that's the biggest thing. And like, we don't hear a lot of that. Um, so shadow work itself is actually like a type of um, psychotherapy that is formed by Carl Jung. And so there's a lot of work that's on this. And I mean, obviously there's like that type of psychotherapy, which goes really deep into integrating like the wounds and like that sort of big thing and looking at like projections and things. But what doesn't get a lot of talk is the golden shadow. And this is really what we're doing when we're talking about like, you know, going past limiting beliefs and all these kind of things. You're working with your golden shadow. You just don't really realize it because we're not calling it that. But that's really what this is, is that, what are the things in me that I'm repressing? And the thing is, is that when we can see how projection works, basically is what we can see in ourselves, we can start seeing in other people. So that's why one inner work is so great because then you start seeing people better and therefore all of humanity can co-elevate. Um, secondly, what you see in other people or what you can like manifest and like vision what you want to do is actually truly a part of what you like what you can have and what you can achieve. It's like a part of that golden shadow coming forward. There is exactly just like that limiting belief that's laying on top of that. So the biggest thing, and this is like, I know me and you are really like versed in this like paradigm of thought is that if you start doing the inner work, it becomes the outer work because when you start working on all these things that have told you what not to be, then you start stepping into it and being because you're like, I'm comfortable in my own body. I don't need to, you know, subscribe by all these rules or um, whatever, however that manifested, you know, we're conditioned familially first, like in our family dynamic, then our close group of friends and relatives, and then society. We have all these labels of like, again, all we're trying to do in this lifetime is seek like love, connection and belonging. And we'll trade our authenticity for belonging. But in that process, you're self-rejecting, you're self-abandoning in order to get it. You're never going to truly feel fulfilled, right? And that's where I'm saying is that we, we become these master manipulators. You're like, oh, okay, well, you know, to be a good woman, I need to look this way. I need to like have the career. I need to do all these things. But you've self-abandoned to get them versus actually like going from a paradigm of fulfillment where you really truly like say like, I want to do this because like, I want to do it, not because it will look good on the resume to my future husband, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, which was taught by your mom or your dad or your culture or whatever it might be, right? That you have to be X, Y, and Z to be choosable, mm-hmm. right? And so this is the template that so many of us run around with and don't realize why we're not actually ever feeling truly fulfilled on the inside, even when we do get the mate or we get the job and the different things is because it was created out of a construct of how do I manipulate myself to fill this void where you've self-abandoned and self-rejected yourself so that you're then going to be in that place where you're never going to be able to be in the depth of who you are because you've had to put on a facade to get there versus actually integrating the true space of self to be it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like you're chasing something that's not even real. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So let's talk about how we can start to integrate shadow work. Um, yeah. What are some tools that we can bring into our day to day? 
So, um, yeah, a great one really is like what you started talking about is journaling. Um, that is like one of the biggest places where you can assess patterns, but you have to be honest with yourself. And so I, <laughs> Come on, yes, people. honest. And that's the thing is when we hold, and this is another limiting belief is perfectionism. Um, and how this also shows up in nurses is this like whole excellence thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, this is like my new place that I'm going into right now. So many of our hospitals, like, hold these core values of excellence. And it's like, how do you promise excellence in like the container of people who die? Like, Can you know I what I mean? Like you, uh, ew, like it's, it's really, it's really, really challenging. Cause you're like with excellence without definition, which you can't define the whole like culture scape yeah. of like healthcare. Like, you know how many people try to measure themselves up to that and just continue to feel like unworthy because of that? Like, I have had to drop that value. It used to be a yeah. line. My value used to be excellence and I dropped it yeah. and I changed it to always be learning because I was limiting my own growth by aiming for excellence and all that I do and all that There's I There's no such thing. No such thing. And it was it's false. It's so false. God, no. I'm glad you brought that up. I had to leave that value at the table. I'm like, this value yeah. does not serve me. No, because excellence and perfectionism are very close in one another is that you can never be perfect because the other thing is, is that you can never account for how other people are going to view you. So like in of itself, there's zero control there, but you're trying to control an outcome that like you can't control and you can always do things better based on someone else's perspective. So it's like, what are you measuring up to? Like it's, you can't fulfill it. You can't, you can't fulfill it. It's a never ending cycle that you're going to run in. So it's like, drop it. Um, So yes, that's the biggest thing. Like, you're journaling. You're not writing a paper for like, you know, the New York Post. Okay. <laughs> like, you're like, no one is going to see this, but you just get honest and just blow it out. Like, and that's the thing is it doesn't have to be perfect. Like your thoughts are going to change over time. Like what exactly you had core values back in the day that you realized over time doing your inner work, mm-hmm. shit, this doesn't serve me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like same thing. Like you might only have surface level awareness. Then later on down the road, you revisit those prompts again. And you're like, Oh, I've done a lot of growth since then. And I realized like that's even deeper on this level. Mm-hmm. It's just like, go to the depth of your knowledge. If you are saying, I don't know, that is a key that you are blocking something. That's what I always get to. If you're at a point where like, I don't know, and you have no answer, you're repressing. Mm-hmm. So what I do to meet that is I call it the seven levels of why. So go back to your toddler state where you would have probably formulated this belief. And you know, when you're like, why? Yeah. And then your parents like, you know, and they just like, don't answer, just keep asking and everything ask why to it until like, you literally know that you're at the truth and you'll know it because it will like resonate in your body. Oh, yeah. Um, and I use this even to like check sometimes myself of like why I want to do something that I know is going to be a little bit like sabotage Like I'm like, Oh, you little saboteur. Like I will talk to myself. I'm like, okay, I want to like text this person. Why? And then I say it. And then usually that's still a lie. The first why is always a lie. <laughs> and then I like, why myself again? And I'm like, okay, that sort of makes sense. Why? Oh, okay. Here we go. Why? Oh, okay. <laughs> you can, you can start to feel and you're like, okay. And then you sit there and you're like, okay, I understand like what the emotional drive is behind this and why I'm wanting to do this. Mm-hmm. We know this doesn't serve my higher self. What can I give myself to make myself feel that need that I'm trying to fulfill by texting that person that's not good for us or, Mm -hmm. you know, pursuing that job that is just for money, but isn't going to make our heart feel full. Mm -hmm. Um, 
those are all ways to kind of just do a quick little reality check. Um, And so, yeah, journaling is great. And and the why process. Coming at that from a curiosity, like a real wonder childlike curiosity. We're like, "Hmm, I wonder why instead of like shaming or judging yourself, like in the process, because like, we're so quick to do that. Like our, our negative, our inner critic is just so loud. And so really like, I mean, I had the big book of why as a kid, did you? My no, parents, I didn't. My parents bought me the big book of why I literally asked why all the time. And yeah. so, like, when I ask myself why now, it, I do have to remind myself like childlike curiosity childlike yeah. coming from my wonder child, not my wounded inner child who is acting out right now. For my wonder child, why? Hmm. Yeah, and just like get super curious. So, just a tip to anyone else out there. Yeah. So, asking why and journaling with just complete honest vulnerability. Um, the other thing is, which I think this is a great little segue into, is that shadow work also comes with working with our emotions, not just our thoughts. Um, and this comes from that place of embodiment, exactly working with your wounded child, because really what you're getting triggered to. So that can be a place where you start is like, whoa, why is this person triggering me? Why, why does the situation bring up a lot in me? Like what is going on here? Um, and that's where you can start to get curious. Sometimes when you're emotionally flooded or you have like a lot of emotions, like you're like trying to think them through is not going to help. So when you start to learn like what certain emotions mean in you, usually like when you feel angry, it's because you've had a boundary cross um, or resentment means you needed a boundary to begin with that you never had um our emotions are such a story into ourselves of like our inner world um and emotions do beautiful things for our bodies like this is where like a lot of my new work is because you know we talk a lot about embodiment um in the sense of like when we grow into these things and how growth takes time is that yes we're doing all the work up here cerebrally but until we actually experience it in the real world and it's a visceral feeling that our nervous system then is like whoa does it actually embody the programming um so when we feel through our emotions and we understand them we use our emotions to also then like manipulate our growth trajectory that's where things get really interesting so you can use your emotions as a tool to understand yourself better as well too um so like really asking into yourself like why do i feel emotionally flooded when you know i'm talking to this person around this sort of thing um you know, understanding like why you just need to cry. Um, what is it that's triggering in you? You know, crying is a stress release. So it can just even be exactly like I worked a 12 hour shift with like really insane demand. So <laughs> just need to cry it out. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it's very logical um, and you don't need to read into it. But other times there's really good stories that come also from our emotions that can help us move forward as well too. Um, and so I always say with people exactly like, you get to know what your inner child is going to tantrum around. If it's you're in a process of growth and you're trying to like apply new, it's going to fight you. Or also too, when you're not aware why you're in a tantrum state, that's the time to get curious, um, feel through it, love it. Exactly. Like I've honestly like done the practice now where I hold myself and I rock myself. It's so yeah, good for your nervous system. Me too. All the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had an ex-boyfriend who did that to me one time and I'd never been rocked like that in my life. Like, Okay, vulnerable chair. But um, honestly, like I at one point just turned around. I'm like, are you rocking me? He's like, yeah, when I'm upset, it feels really good. I thought you might like it. I was like, I love this. Thank you. And I like now use it. And it's one of the most calming, soothing things for your nervous system because we don't realize we actually have to grow that part of our um, pathway, like our parasympathetic nervous system, our calm, like relaxing state. It doesn't come naturally. We actually have to like 
we grow it from a childhood, depending on how hands-on our parents were with soothing us. But we also need to do it as well to like overtake the stress response to bring it down. Um, so yeah, feeling into that and then asking like where that emotion came from. And the only thing I would just say is like, exactly. Like don't go down a huge rabbit hole and like start over intellectualizing everything because sometimes our emotions are just exactly that. Like you had a long day, cry it out, let it be move forward. It's cleansing. Um, but other times there are signals and things there and things that you can actually really truly be like, okay, why is this upsetting me? Why does this person trigger me? Um, more ways to work with your shadow is dreams. Um, this is like a really cool one that I started integrating, um, which is really interesting because I used to always tell myself the story that I don't dream. I don't dream. No, I don't dream. I'm not a dreamer. I do my <laughs> dreaming during the day, which we do. And that's another part of shadow work is also when you daydream, where's your mind going? Um, and that can be a part of your golden shadow too. It's like, what are you visualizing as well as exactly when you daydream out and you start having those negative thoughts, that's a part of like that shame, darker shadow that you can understand like, Oh, why did my mind go there? Um, cause you know, when we are in the moment and we're like, especially like I say, as nurses as work, you're not going to sit down and start having like a counseling session with yourself when you're like, you know, trying to keep someone alive. But, um, you know, it's something to revisit because if we just, always do that it can be really common and i see this in the personal development space space people just go i don't have time for that girl and they just like talk to their thoughts that way it's kind of like that thought's going to come back like they've done studies like i think this is the university of virginia where they had people like think about a white bear and then they told people they told one group they were like keep thinking about the white bear as much as you want and like you can you can think about it whatever and whenever you do think about it press the button they told the other group do not think about the white bear. And if you do, press the button. The people who were told not to think about the white bear thought about it like, I think it was like something like 10 times the amount of the people who were told they can think about it. <laughs> so it's like what you actually like resist will persist. Persists. Honestly. And there's actual like studies to back this up. So it's like not re- like understanding that like there's a time and place to do processing work, but you need to make the time for it. So keep just keep a mental note of like what your chatter is you know even when we talk about like limiting beliefs like how many times do you say I don't have time versus it's not a priority Mm -hmm. how many times do you say I can't do something because it actually keeps you from owning that it's your choice that you're not doing something Mm -hmm. right I'm bad for that one I've been working on that one a lot um so it's understanding like your language that's also a really great place to start tapping into your shadow so there's so many ways but yeah dreams is like a newer one that I'm really into that um I won't really teach because it's quite complex because you have to know like first of all like what do you identify by as like sex gender all those different things um kind of already have a little bit of a framework um and know how to kind of process it but um, it's really interesting what it mirrors. And I've had some really interesting dreams once I opened up that limiting belief that I don't dream. Um, <laughs> but cool. I'm going to do some research on that. But I like what you said about the golden shadow actually can come up in your daydreams. And I don't remember mm-hmm. if you said this like before we hit record, <laughs> but you had said something about the golden shadow that really stuck to me. It's like, why do we watch the Kardashians and still hate on them at the same time? It's the golden shadow. It's like, yes, they're so annoying and it's drama, but I really want that lifestyle. And mm-hmm. I, I can now like just having that awareness, I'm, I'm just going to be more aware about where my daydreams go because I, I probably do think thoughts like that and I'm not realizing it um, because back to your, the study, we're not in control of our thoughts. 
Like, no. Don't yeah. think of the white bear. The, mi- the mind thinks like the heart beats. You can't stop it. Yeah. Unless you want to be dead. So. <laughs> exactly. So it's like if you actually don't have control of your thoughts, but you can choose which ones you want to believe and which ones you want to like let go. That's the exactly. key. Um, and same thing with your emotions. Like they can make us really feel like they're a part of us, but um, they've been showing in neuroscience that that emotional experience only lasts for 90 seconds. And whatever you continue on afterwards is your narrative that you're playing into that and playing the story. Now, this is not to like repress your emotions or anything, because I'm a big believer that you need to feel from your emotions. Because trust me, I was like, Miss Strong One, I don't cry. I don't need space for things. Like, <laughs> And the moment that I actually started feeling into my emotions, I became a way healthier human. Um, so you definitely need to make space for those things. But also understanding that when those things start to becoming prolonged, you yeah. need to also like, you need to get really clear with yourself. I'm giving myself 20 minutes to grieve this. And then I'll, I'll come back again tomorrow night if I still feel I need to. And that's where that like boundary work comes as well too, right? Exactly. Well, like emotions are energy in motion. So if you want to heal it, you have to feel it. Like the more, I mean, I have a whole podcast on how to feel your feelings because it's so important. And for um, everyone listening, we use something called the thought model. A thought triggers a feeling. And so if you're feeling a certain way, then it's an opportunity for you to check in, get out your notebook. What is the circumstance? Okay. And then what is my thought about the circumstance that's creating this experience for me? Mm-hmm. Um, that's shadow work in itself too, right that's there. Shadow work. Exactly. And then, yeah. so, um, what was I going to say? Let me tell my dog. It's <laughs> <laughs> hard to do podcast work these days. I've got kids, I've got dogs. Um, but it's so important and I think like the number one comment I get is like oh emotions are scary feelings are scary I don't want to let myself be there because because when you have gone there you don't have boundaries you don't have the like the container like you don't tell yourself I'm giving myself 20 minutes to do this and then I'm going to move on or you've repressed for so many years that then like it turns into an all-day like depression where you just lay in bed and you literally let it overwhelm you. So, um, for anyone. Yeah. And it's, it's also, you're breaking a limit. You're breaking a limiting belief. Like we're culturally told that something is wrong with us. I mean, we medicate people for negative emotions. Can you believe like, and that's the thing is it's not to say that people don't need medication because obviously like I'm in that space and there's people who are clinically depressed and like, you know, they do need medication, but we are very quick to medicate. Mm -hmm. Um, for negative emotions. Exactly. You know, we don't medicate for positive ones. Well, I mean Ritalin, but <laughs> um, <laughs> again, but yeah, there's even schools now that are undoing this thought paradigm, right? And we're right. seeing less people prescribing it because we're actually allowing these kids to utilize that energy into like forward motion, right? Exactly. We're teaching ourselves how to actually process emotions. And it wasn't long ago that neuroscientists and like all these like different science-based like models were like, oh yeah, emotions are just these useless things that happen. They had like no idea what they do, but now they actually are so beneficial to our well-being. Like they actually have physiological effects on us that actually keep us strong and healthy and like our immune systems robust and like all these different things. Like it's, yeah, it's so fascinating. So well, I don't know if you know this, but I do Reiki and um, Reiki is energy healing. And so what often happens is that when we repress emotions or we don't allow ourselves to feel, it gets stuck and lodged in our body. And then so it gets stored in our body, in our tissues, in our muscles as trauma. So then a lot yeah. of times it, that happens when we weren't taught how to process our emotions or we mm-hmm. have the conditioning and the paradigm that um, 
if I'm cry, I am weak. I cannot show emotion. Like we have to be happy all the time. We're not allowed to show when we're feeling sad. So if anyone is listening, it's like, well, like shit, I'm 35 years old and I don't know how to process my emotions. Of course you don't. Yeah. It's not you. So it's okay. Uh, yeah. And a big one that landed for me too, because like I struggled and integrated the whole, like I'm too much or I'm crazy. Like, you know, and that's a wounding that a lot of women hold, right? Because, you know, generations have been like, yeah, we used to get dropped off at psychiatric hospitals for exactly anxiety and having like flighty ideas. Um, so like that, like we have to understand the generational trauma of a lot of our stories. So we've become very repressed. We've also gotten to the state now where we're being given this empowerment movement, but so many of us are just trying to become like male counterparts where we shut down and just be very like logical thinkers, but that's not in our true nature of like feeling. Um, and so exactly like how you said, like the body keeps score. When we repress our emotions, they still live within us and they will harbor hurt. And that will then play into those thoughts and continue to like actually strengthen those thoughts because it's giving it, it's giving it fuel saying it's right. It's right. I'm heavy. It's hard and all those things. And the other thing too, is that like how I said, we're breaking through all these limiting beliefs just to feel our emotions. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at in society. We're <laughs> breaking limiting beliefs to feel our own emotions in our body. And the problem is a lot of people haven't crossed that threshold yet. And just like anything, you have to give it time to feel the benefit of it. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, exactly. If you've been repressing your emotions for years, yeah, you're going to feel like a freaking mess. You're going to be like, what's wrong with me? Like when I first, like I said, when I first had that massive breakdown before it woke me up to the rest of my life and gave me the life that I'm living right now. Like I feel like I'm reborn. Mm-hmm. Like, it was crappy. I spent three weeks in bed where I just didn't know who I was. I questioned everything. I was like, I, I literally picked up a book on called Gratitude by Louise Hay. And I read about everyone else's gratitude because I couldn't even have my own at that moment in time. And that was the only thing that brought me up out of that. And it takes time. But once you start to feel the um, like reward that happens when you feel your emotions, then you, you break that limiting belief because you're like, whoa, okay. And actually way more productive. My mind is way more clear. I can totally see through things. I can understand what is mine, what is theirs, like why that trigger bothered me and that, yeah, they're not an asshole. They just were the perfect person to trigger me into this lesson and understanding. Or you can oppositely be like, that wasn't me. You are an asshole. Here's a boundary. Take it. It goes both ways. It does. It does. Your yeah. life is better. Um, the, and yeah. this is like, I mean, I've been so in this world for a while that for me, it's like everyone I notice inner work. Um, and then when I venture outwards and yeah. I'm amongst normal people, <laughs> I'm like, you are such a beautiful mirror. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and so you can see like your languaging on that when I'm amongst normal people. And it's exactly. like, well, what is normal? Exactly. So they're, they're still holding this conditioning that you're weird because you do inner work and feel your emotions. And that's how deep that this I like conditioning being runs. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like being weird. Um, you guys, we're all normal. What is normal? Um, yeah. But if you want to be weird, you can be weird with me. Embrace it all. I, I'm, yeah, I would say that I'm just as weird. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, but you know, like to, to put like a point on that, um, one of my friends, his name's Lucas. He was on the show. He's brilliant. One of the things that he taught me was, um, I am different. 
anybody who wants to do self-work, anyone who's interested in self-development, um, we actually don't fit in the paradigm of society, of like the patriarchal yes. society. So yes. the so like I'm I'm don't really yeah, I mean, I don't contribute to society in the way that society would want me to. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Because I'm breaking that, and it's the patriarchal society. And, you know, we talk about yeah. that it's divine feminine and tapping into our feminine energy, which, by the way, I feel like that's what shadow work is. It is the feminine. Um, and it's also, I mean, I don't, I don't want to put it in one or the other, but I feel like when I sit back and I'm doing shadow work and when I'm really like, taking time to, if I get triggered to really like sit back and be like, okay, what's happening? What's going on? What needs of mine did I neglect this week? Uh, you know, what boundaries got crossed that's allowing me or having me feel this way, then I feel like I'm being nurturing to myself. And I feel like I connect with my divine feminine when I'm doing that work and I'm able to tap in, I'm able to nourish myself. So So, yeah, well, so your shadow can hold both, right? Like that's the thing too, is that, um, like I, touched on women are becoming empowered I say this quote-unquote because there's like exactly the difference between the divine feminine rising within all of us that means even like people who are you know they are male um they're also their divine feminine is rising too versus like female empowerment right um and so there's many of us who we essentially just treated one mask for another. We treated this like female mask and we put on our male dominant mask and we said, hey, I'm independent. Hey, I'm not emotional. Hey, all these things to try to fit in and scale businesses and be top in our field. And we've neglected and denied. We self-abandoned that very part of us that is innate. So sometimes a lot of our coming home to our self-work is exactly where we've self-denied, self-abandoned and denied ourselves of being that more fluid feminine um, because that's where things have shifted is that it we tried to play the game in a patriarchal society and that still very much is in business it's do 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 right you got to be successful you got to do and all the like you know all the personnel they're like just get up and do it just get up but up like it's only lately we're starting to take a little bit of a shift of like this balance thing of like loving yourself and like all these things like that like you're starting to even see like some of these more like personal development people on the top starting to talk about this, like that they're integrating. And so it's only starting to trickle down. But the thing is, is like, that's really where a lot of our work comes. And that was a big thing of mine. Like when I first started my inner work, I started with my, like my wounded masculine healing. <laughs> that was so much of it. Yeah. Dr. Brett, um, Michelle and I were at the same retreat last year. He's the one who really woke up my divine feminine. And he mm-hmm. said exactly what you said. He's been, there's been a rise in the feminine but there is no rise in the feminine, the divine feminine. And that was a big wake up call to me that I've been building my business from a wounded masculine. And I mm-hmm. built my business all to soothe my ego. And then, so like last year, that was all the shadow work that I did. Yeah. On- and there's no shame around that either. Cause the yeah. other thing we have to understand with the patriarchal system is that it was built to make men do that, to actually deny their feminine and just become workhorses and to just do, 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 and scale businesses for other people. So they're like, it's a sensitive topic to talk in the masculine feminine because, you know, it's not very inclusive languaging. So I can understand that also will trigger people, but this is kind of just the way that it is at the moment. And it's hard because it's hard to find like better words for it, but we talk about ben it. Had, it's everyone knows it's not it, just because it's a masculine yeah. doesn't mean it's male. It's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, um, it's a fluid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's, uh, in a second. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's the thing is like, mostly when we look at patriarchal systems, like men do benefit off them. They do. But at the same time, they benefit in a different way where they're still being denied a very part of themselves that they need to also call home. And the thing is when they call that part of themselves home, that divine feminine, that also allows us to call in our actual integrated masculine and our healed masculine um, because then we can play on both paradigms with them. Right. Um, Healthy masculine. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's understanding like exactly like the patriarchal side of it is not like one or the other. And Mm -hmm. that's the funny thing is exactly the systems are made for men in their wounded masculine. So as women, we've just put the masks on to become the wounded masculine essentially and try to compete versus actually truly like, empowering ourselves fully embodied and then allowing them to also step into the space of embodying their fullest self as well too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just to bring that all around, doing that is the shadow work. That is what yeah. shadow work allows us to do. Cause um, a lot of the women that listen to the show, they've been operating from a wounded masculine. So we talk a lot mm-hmm. about like, how can we integrate our divine feminine? How can we give ourselves self care boundaries, inner work? How can we do all that so that we can show up more powerfully, more fully live out our potential step into our purpose. And that is shadow work. You guys, you've been doing it this whole time. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so, I mean, did you realize an hour just went by? That went by really quick. <laughs> I feel like we would um, talk about this forever. Uh, we could talk about this forever. We yeah. could. But so just to kind of like high level, the three um, love work that she just gave us um, to continue our shadow work journey, because it's a journey, it's going to, you know, it's always mm-hmm. going to be something that we integrate, journaling, emotions, and then dreams. Um, I'm going to like do research on that. That's really, I love that. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add to like what you shared today that would help us, um, sort of like wrap it all up? Um, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I would just say is like, if you're feeling uncomfortable, you're in the right place. (laughs) Like that's the, that's the thing is like it, and that's the beautiful part about it is a, when you're doing this work solo and being able to receive yourself and that vulnerability is so healing Mm -hmm. one for self. And when you do it in the spaces of other people, that's been like, I think the most beautiful thing for me to see is like when I teach um, like a lot of my nurses Mm -hmm. and then they go out and they start recreating this like new dynamic in like their relationships and with their friends and like all these things. And it's just like their connections like deepen. It's yeah, it's so beautiful to witness and watch. And that's really what we want. Like we're just healing that part of our inner child that wants to be loved and accepted for all that we are. And not have to manipulate ourselves to fit into boxes in order to earn love, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love that you are specifically doing this for nurses, especially with this pandemic and COVID and everything that's been happening. I mean, just following you, I've learned more about like the nurse world and mm-hmm. like literally, sorry for my earmuffs to my friend Maddie, who listens to my podcast, she's only seven. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but literally the shit that you guys go through. And yeah. the, the just, I mean, I had no idea, right? I'm not a nurse, but, but following you and being exposed to that world. Now I'm, I'm like, that's not okay. And so I wholeheartedly believe in your mission and, um, I want to see that grow. I want to see you touch all the nurses. So can you share with us if we're a nurse, if we have nurse friends, how can we, and maybe if we're not a nurse, but we want to work with you, um, how can mm-hmm. we work with you? And can you tell us about your program? 
Yeah, definitely. So um, right now, I'm actually currently in a launch right now for my one-to-one mentorship program. Um, so it's an Inner Wisdom Outer Expansion Accelerator. It basically goes into shadow work. Um, so we work on like the positive sense of self. I talk about nervous system, like trauma-informed and like nervous system self-care is so big to me um, because it's really, truly the way of the future of blending our consciousness with trauma-informed approaches. And the thing is, if we learn about it ourselves, we can apply it with our patients. So that's a really big thing for me and a big part of my mission. Um, so that's the program I'm running right now. Um, and I'm really excited. I'm only taking 10 people. I'm already half full. Um, and I'm only like day three of my launch. Um, so I'm running my launch up until September 13th. So if you do want to get into that program, that's something that you're like, wanting to look more into and just sort of start getting the tools to cultivate the awareness of like, okay, where did these stories come from? Um, why am I keep living in the same pattern? Why do I keep like, you know, yo-yoing my self-care? Why do I keep showing up to this work that clearly doesn't honor me and what I need? Um, because that's the biggest thing is that when we start doing this work, we start learning the difference between compassion and tolerance because that's a really murky line. A lot of us, um, walk in our life and until you can start to understand i can have so much compassion but i also have enough self-worth to not tolerate that's when we can disconnect in very like non-violent ways from the things that are harming us um versus waiting for things to blow up and bad and then you know you're tarnished they're tarnished and things like that and so i'm a big advocate around like doing the work around that um so yeah my program is like all about getting into your shadow work, getting into like your nervous system. Um, and then there's also like a huge component in the end on nonviolent communication and working with our emotional bodies and um, how that looks like when it comes to communication styles and, you know, emotional flooding and gaslighting and all the different things that we can kind of like come across and navigate in our world. Um, another thing that I do also offer is I have a course that I'm going to be just uh, repackaging and releasing later in the fall. Um, that's more around the positive sense of self. Um, so, you know, all the nurses who talk about how they don't have time for themselves or they don't know who they are, or, you know, they're very like much into the giving too much to other people. It brings you back into self. And so I call it like the six pillars of self, which, um, break down self-optimization, awareness, love, um, uh, worth and growth and, um, then expression. So oh, I love that. Do you have a yeah. for the, um, the other course, the one I'm letting you in the fall? Um, I don't at the moment, uh, because I just finished a group of it in February. And so I just pulled it off just to kind of take everything that I've worked with those nurses and, um, repackage it so that it's going to be a really, uh, good succinct sort of way um and yeah i'll be releasing that again in the fall so um if the best way to really get in contact with me if you're interested in following my work and sort of like my mission which is really to elevate nurses um it, you know we touched on this whole patriarchal system which is very true that you know nurses are the hearty be- like the beating heart and soul of healthcare, and we do so much yet we're very undervalued and i mean even like i said we're not even represented on TV shows appropriately. So um, it's really a big mission of mine to elevate the worthiness and the worth of nurses because that's really why we continue to tolerate these very toxic relationships that we have with some of these hospitals and healthcare providers and some of the conditions that we allow in our lives, which you better believe goes home into our home lives too. So um, this work is really close to my heart. So if you want to follow me, you want to just, 
watch the journey unfold or if you want to be a part of one of my programs um yeah my instagram is just my full name michelle fairney um and you can get all my links to my website and everything there as well yeah and we'll have everything linked down in the show notes Mm -hmm. yay um so before we wrap up my last question to you is what does it mean to you to be your highest self I would say to be your highest self is For you. always having a, yeah. So always having a vision of something greater and more, but living currently in your present. Hmm. I love that. Thank you. I always like everyone's answers. Always so different. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Michelle, for taking the time to be with us and to sharing your your heart and your mission and your knowledge. I'm all about that. Um, so if you guys enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot, post on your story, and tag us both on Instagram. And as a bonus point, share with us your biggest insight or a limiting belief that came up for you or how you're going to start integrating this work into your daily life and putting in the reps. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Don't forget to be your highest self. Bye. Bye.